This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The NFL news has been hot and heavy today. Welcome in. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening at The Fan, Monday, March 13th, 2000. 23. We are in Half Street Studios, a few blocks down from Nats Park. Got here and posted up today. I've been updating my Word document on all of the NFL news and notes. Thought it would be a quiet first few hours for Washington. That hasn't really been the case. They've actually made a few moves already. Danny, how are you? The NFL is amazing. This is supposed to be bracket day, and everybody's talking about the brackets, and my bracket this, and bracket that, and look at these matchups. Who got screwed? Somebody got, the, the, this team was underseated. This team was overseated. How do these teams get snubbed? Is anybody doing that today? The NFL stays undefeated. It's not even chess. It's like three-dimensional rocket ship chess, and then they take a hammer and smash every other sport to smithereens. They're not satisfied until it's the only game in town. We've Amazing. got Darius and Ryan monitoring all of the feeds of all of the newsbreakers in the NFL, so they will let us know as stories develop. We'll get them to you immediately here on The Fan. We've got our update anchor, Craig Heist, uh, in his studio, ready to break news as soon as it comes across the wire for you guys as you're driving around and hanging out in your car. So this should be fun listening today. There is no reason to navigate away. Uh, You should be enjoying the NFL money being thrown around like Monopoly cash with us for the next several hours. Again, the league year doesn't technically begin until Wednesday, but the legal tampering period got started two hours ago. And what that means in layman's terms is free agency has begun. Yep. League year, no league year, start of the... No, 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 no. Free agency has begun. Because these agents and these teams have been talking for weeks. Wink, we have wink. to pretend like they haven't. Nudge, nudge. Hey, I wanted to call you about the player that I've got in college. Also, you know that my guard is going to be a free agent from this team, and he wants a contract. I know you need a guard. So that's why these deals are coming together really, really quickly here. So let's go through the biggest news, starting here in Washington with the Commanders. Just as we were getting ready to go on the air... Ari Myrov of 33rd Team reported that the Commanders are signing Andrew Wiley to a three-year deal for $24 million 
Wiley was the starting right tackle for the Chiefs all last season. They won the Super Bowl. He'd previously been a starting guard for them. He can play both positions. I just called a buddy of mine in Kansas City. They think this is a great deal for Washington. He made $2 million bucks last year. They wanted him back at $8 million. They thought he was going to get more. Sounds like he wanted to come to Washington to be with? Eric Bieniemy. EB. How about that? Love that. So a Chiefs player following Bieniemy to D.C. The question then becomes, he played guard early on. He was a tackle last year. Which position will he start at? And I just reached out to somebody with the team, and my, the initial response I got is, we're going to wait and say, like, he can do both. We feel good about that. So the question becomes, does he start at right tackle or right guard? It almost doesn't matter because he's going to start at one and Cosme's probably going to start at the other. I bet you the guy was a tackle. They shut out the Eagles in the Super Bowl. They won the title last year. You put him at right tackle at $8 million, which, by the way, is great value. Yes, it is. And then you kick Cosme inside where they think he's going to be better. So now you have your tackle and your guard on the right side, and you got the rest of the offensive line to figure out. My bet is what you just said. That's how it transpires, right? If if you're going to go out into free agency and try to sign a, a, a top-line, high-end tackle, it's slim pickings, and it usually is going to cost you more than that. It's a guy that they think is going to do more than maybe he did in his previous stop. It also helps that you've got a great recruiting tool in Eric Bieniemy. So that's how I would wager it ends up going. So now you're talking about maybe rearranging a couple other things. Now you've got some depth. The thing that this this group seems to like an awful lot, thinking about Rivera and company, is positional versatility on the offensive line. They think that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. To me, that's a nice to have, but it seems to be their essential deal. They love the idea of he can also play guard. He can also play right tackle. They get very excited about that. I just want the five best guys. But, you know, to each their own, I suppose. But this sort of fits their mold. Speaking of fitting their mold and position flex, they also agreed to terms today, reportedly, with Nick Gates of the New York Giants the last few years. Gates is a 27-year-old fifth-year player this season. Broke his left fibula and his tibia against Washington in 2021. He had played center early on and guard more recently. If you look at his PFF grades, just because there aren't really stats for linemen, over his four-year career, his best year was his rookie year, 77. Since then, graded out 59, 63, and 60 pretty consistently. You know, a hair below average, I would say, in their grading overall. Not the end-all, be-all as a metric, just some food for thought. I kind of like him as a, a West schweitzer figure. He can be a backup center. He could be a backup guard. He could start occasionally at either one. Oh, for a month, you know, you, you can get by with him. My hope isn't that he's like the plan to start at left guard because that feels a little bit like a Norwell or a Trey Turner, Trey Turner. move, and I want to do better. And to me, Wiley is a that's a bona fide legitimate starter. You paid him eight million a year. You bring him in after he played really well with the Chiefs, and now you expect good production out of him. I'm hoping they do something else like that. But here's what's interesting: is we've talked a lot about what their offseason plan was going to look like. Danny, are they going to spend? in free agency on the line, or maybe go address corner or other positions and then draft really heavily along their offensive line. Uh -huh. Potentially, they've added two starters on their offensive line, certainly one in the first two hours of their being able to do so here. It tells you that maybe the plan is to sure up this line to the point where they can go into the draft without a major need so they can draft based on want in the first round. We love this tight end. We love this cornerback. We think this uh, safety is going to be a star, whatever it might be. 
if you do enough in free agency on the line, then you don't have to take a guard or a tackle, even though as of right now, even with the two three-year deals they've apparently agreed to with Wiley, who will start, and Gates, I guess, to be determined, I would still go O-line. But if they add another lineman or two with starting potential, maybe that's not a necessity in round one. And, and some flexibility there. So, again, I, I was... I don't think I was mocking it, just simply pointing out, hey, they like positional flex, right? So let's say for the sake of argument, I'm just throwing something at the wall here. So they're at 16, I believe, right, in the draft. Let's say for the sake of argument, just the way the board plays out, that Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia, big bad stud of a dude, looks like he's going to be in the top seven or eight. Let's say he falls to 16. Now you don't go, well, we can't take him because we got Andrew Wiley at huge money. Well, you don't. You got Andrew Wiley at very affordable guard, tackle, whatever you want money. You could still take that guy. He's now the right tackle. Wiley's your guard. Now you've got positional flexibility for Nick Gates to do a couple things, and he's a backup. It gives you, again, some openings. There's no dire need that you have to fill come draft time. And to your point, it then becomes want over need, right, where you end up having to pass on certain guys simply because you have a, you know, a gaping hole in your roster. I like feeling this way. Smart. The other of the moves for Washington today that have been reported is that they re-upped with their own cornerback, Danny Johnson. Johnson, a name you guys should know. He's been with the team on and off for five seasons. He has worn three different jersey numbers, 41, 32, and 36. He's a corner who has been a return man at times here in D.C. Eight career starts, half of them last year. I think he's got 12 career passes defended. Nine of them were last season. He really broke out last year and came into his own in a way that made you think he was going to hang around. He's 27 years old. Another guy that I think is excellent on special teams, probably really serviceable down the depth chart. You don't want him on the field a ton, and my hope would be that you're not going into the year with him planning on playing a lot. Right. But they only guaranteed him 2.75 mil, gave him a two-year contract. Feels like just a core special teamer who's a depth guy in the secondary, which is exactly what he should be. And I like that. I like keeping your own guys around. Good for everybody involved, right? This is one of those where I think you got to practice what you preach. And we'll get into the Ron Payne signing as, as the day goes. But what guys like to see is, and, and any company, any any sets of employees, management, bosses tell you, if you do this, you you will be rewarded. People don't like baits and switches. People don't like to be led down a, a one direction. Actually, you're not getting the reward that, that you were promised. Well, you do everything we ask you to do. We'll retain you. You'll you'll get your contract. You'll get your prize at the end of the tunnel. Danny Johnson seems like one of those guys. I'm not at practice, obviously, so I don't know. But he's filled in every time. He's been asked to do anything admirably, whether it's special teams, whether it's the fourth corner, the fifth corner, occasional nickel roll here or there. He's inside. He's outside. Whatever it is, he's handled that role pretty well. You don't want him playing 17 games on the outside against you know, uh, CeeDee Lamb, that's probably not where you're best served. But all he's ever done is what's been asked of him, and it's a good cultural thing to keep those guys around. The Commanders came into free agency today with top 10 money available. I think I saw officially on NFL Network's rankings, they were ninth with a little over $25 million in cap space. A number that went up with the Deron Payne extension that you've heard so much about today and all weekend long here on The Fan. Uh, We have not gotten to give our opinions on that, so why don't we hit that? Because that is a big factor in what they're going to be able to do now in the early part of free agency. News broke yesterday afternoon. It was Adam Schefter of ESPN with the bombshell that the commanders had extended Deron Payne a four-year deal, $90 million to avoid him playing on the franchise tag. They guaranteed him $60 million. 
So when you start to peel everything back and we learn about the contract, it is effectively a three-year contract for $67.5 million because they were smart and kept his base salary down in year one, his cap number's small. He was supposed to make $19 million fully guaranteed one year against the cap on the franchise tag. His cap number, based on a new contract, is only $10 million. It's backloaded. So that's where the $9 million in savings came from for Deron Payne. But Danny, they'd already paid John Allen $20-plus million a year as a defensive tackle, and now they made Payne, at least for the moment, the highest-paid defensive tackle in league history at the same position. The first time they've been able, after tagging a player, to get that player extended in five tries. I'm really surprised, frankly, that it happened um, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, but not that's not the least of which, right? There's what you just said. Every time they've tagged somebody, it's been basically the beginning of the farewell tour. Um, so it all, it all depends how you view this contract. I think it depends on how you view Deron Payne. If you view it like I do, that he broke out last year, that this is that this is who he's going to be in the future. You like this signing an awful lot. You saw a development of moves. You saw a guy that you know wasn't just a, a strong boulder in the middle, but can wreak some havoc and penetrate a little bit. And you saw him improve as a pass rusher and add to his game. If you're a that was a career year, are we sure? Then you're probably a bit more reticent about the deal. I think both perspectives are, are, are reasonable. I'm in the former camp, so I like this an awful lot. This league is really on defense. It's about who can wreak havoc, who can play make a little bit. And you had one, and you kept him. I think at the end of the day, that's a pretty good thing for this organization, for a guy that showed continued improvement, kept working at it. He and John Allen give you an advantage in the middle over a lot of teams. And especially now, the way modern pass rushing is, that interior pressure is that much more paramount. I'm into it, man. I like the idea of having a potential 18 to 20 sacks for my defensive tackles. It's complicated for me. So let me first say, I think what you should always do is try to keep your own talent. And I'm never going to be upset when you draft a player, you develop that player into being really good. They become a star, which he did last year, making the Pro Bowl and breaking out, as you said, to become you know, elite in his production at the position. And then paying that player, that, that's the goal. Like That's what the good teams do. That's the dream. And we've talked a lot over the years about how we want Washington to pay and take care of their own. So I'm not going to ever kill them for doing that. Would I have done this, I think, is a different question, if that makes sense. I would not have paid Deron Payne $22.5 million per year for this contract after I paid John Allen. My reason for that is you're able to based on the fact that your quarterback makes no money. If the Sam Howell thing does not work this year, you're going to need to go get a quarterback, and that cap space is going to become invaluable unless you're able to draft and hit on a QB, possibly. But Payne's cap numbers of 23, 27.5, 29.4 in the next three years, that's what a number one wide receiver costs. That's what a, you know, frankly, the bulk of a franchise quarterback costs. You know, we talk about Carson Wentz making $28 million against the cap last year. Payne's third year, and I'm going to have to talk about his fourth year, which there's some potential dead money you could get out of the deal. So I'm just looking at the you know the first couple of years of, mm-hmm. of this deal, so to speak. But you know it gets to a Wentz level in terms of paying a quarterback thirty million dollars almost against the cap. I could see doing that for a defensive tackle who's a world eater. You now have a guy in Allen who I think is your best defensive tackle, paid less than Payne, who's also awesome, 
That's a good problem to have. I'm not telling you it's the wrong thing to do. I'm not saying they did anything bad. They paid a really good player a lot of money. That's what happens. The cap is exploding. You shouldn't always worry about the cap. I just would allocate funds a little differently. Like, to me, if I'm running the show, I go, what can I do with that $22 million? I'm, you know, doing what the, the Dolphins did last year and trying to trade for a guy like Tyreek Hill and paying him. Or what the Raiders did last year and trying to trade for Devontae Adams. I think I have enough weapons. I don't like what, where is like, what's, what's it take to get Darren Waller right now? I'm just looking for people that help me score points. And that's where my cap is going or lo and behold, actually like trying to go spend and acquire a quarterback with all of the money. Do I dislike it? I don't. I actually want to applaud them for getting an LTD done with him. And the fact that we said when they tagged him, there's no way they're going to pay him because they haven't before we were wrong. We were, I was wrong. Yeah. I I would do it a little bit differently, but you know people will hear that as a me being upset. I'm certainly not. Payne's really good. He got a bunch of money because he played his butt off last year. I have a little bit of trepidation about repeating last year, though. Again, the guy had two, three, and four sacks before last season. He had 11 and a half. No, the three years before that. His tackles for loss were six, seven, and three over the last three years. He had 18 last year. I think that's probably going to be the career year. I'm not sure that that's just who Deron Payne is every year now. But regardless, you time it up right, you get paid, good for him. And the the bold ink here is the commanders kept a really good football player. Yeah, it's the design, right? You draft a guy, he performs well. And again, your most recent sample is the best sample. And you pay him. I think that's good. That's that's kind of what you aspire to. It's why you draft someone in the first round. You don't draft him and go, I can't wait to get rid of that guy in four years. You want him to be here for a decade, and then you know when he retires, he opens up a car dealership or goes into the into the into the broadcast booth and and talks about the team. That's what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be part of the furniture here as a first round pick, where, where fans have your jersey. So at the end of the day, it's good. It, let They're, me say this real quick: if they had not already paid John Allen, who I think they should have paid, and I'm glad that they did. Mm-hmm. Right, team captain gives all the speeches, leader of men. Then this is a no brainer. Like if they had not already paid John Allen then giving this or even a million more per year up or whatever for Deron Payne is an absolute don't think twice about it, just do it thing. I'm of the belief that you don't have two guys at that position making that kind of money, but that's okay. It's it's okay yep. if, if you guys disagree with that and say, no, go get a third tackle. It always seems to me like they're not really acting as if they've got a major plan. Like, why did you draft by Darian Mathis in the second round last year if you were going to pay Deron Payne? 22 million after you paid John Allen 19 million or whatever he got. So now you've invested in Allen at a top of the market number, in Payne at a top of the market number, and you drafted Fidarian Mathis in the second round, which is a big, big deal. Yes, it is. Now he got hurt and we don't know how good he is. Maybe he's a beast, but my point is that could be a tight end who makes plays. That could be the tackle that you're now giving $8 million a year to to come in to fix a problem. That could be your starting guard. So it, it just it's odd how they've kind of handled it. I think they were surprised by the year Payne had, and they had to pay him because of it. And here we are. But again, if I'm supposed to be upset that Deron Payne is still here, it's not going to happen. I just I'm throwing 22 million at guys that help me score points. That's what I'm doing. I hear in 2023. It. I mean, so that's my philosophy on offense. Defensively, I'm going to save wherever I can, and I want havoc people. I want people that ruin drives with negative plays. Even if it's not a tackle for loss, which he excelled at last year, you had, I think, what was it, in the mid-30s combined between him and John Allen? You're creating holding penalties. You're creating disadvantages, matchup problems. You have to be accounted for. 
that's what I'm going to do. So I'll add maybe, you know, one maybe ball hawk in the secondary if I can in terms of big money, but I'm with you. For the most part, I'd like to spend on my offense matchup nightmares, guys that cannot be covered uh, in addition, obviously, to a quarterback. Got some clarity on the Nick Gates deal here from Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. Gates is the offensive lineman from the Giants who's played center and guard who Washington's bringing in on a three-year deal. Sounds like that's $8 million guaranteed. Max of the deal could be upwards of $18 million. So that actually is exactly kind of what I was hoping and penciling in, which is you don't get that money and come in here as a starter necessarily. Doesn't mean he won't start. Or He'll can't. play some, yeah. Exactly. But more of a Schweitzer-y kind of a tweener guard center, back up at both spots, occasional starter. But this is not Andrew Wiley, who they are giving the three years and the $24 million to who's going to come in here and be their starter, probably at right tackle. I guess there's a chance they put him at guard. But let's just assume for the sake of the rest of the day in our conversation until we hear otherwise that Wiley stays at tackle, which is where he played for Biennemi in Kansas City. So if you're just joining us, the commanders yesterday create $9 million in cap space for this offseason by locking up star defensive tackle Deron Payne. They have already agreed to terms with former giant Nick Gates on the interior of their offensive line with Andrew Wiley, probably their new starting right tackle from the Kansas City Chiefs, re-upping with Eric Bieniemy, And they have a new deal in place with cornerback Danny Johnson as well. What else do they need to do today? We'll get into that. Plus, there have been a boatload of huge moves around the NFL outside of D.C., including Jimmy Garoppolo already having found a home. And Javon Hargrave, who had 11 sacks with the Eagles last year, breaking the bank to leave Philly. We'll get you all the details next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Thank you, Heisty. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on The Fan. So Washington has added two offensive linemen and re-signed Danny Johnson. If you are keeping track of their moves, you know that, but we're going to do that for you all day long on Grant and Danny. The quick particulars here, Nick Gates comes over from the Giants, three-year deal, $8 million in guarantees, you know, tweener backup starter type on the interior, going into his fifth NFL season, 27 years old, broken fibula tibia, cost him a bunch of time, he broke against Washington, by the way, a guard who has played some center. The starter that they've added on their offensive line for sure is Andrew Wiley. I guess there's a little bit of question as to which position he'd play, Danny, but tackle with the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Does anything else need to be said? No. Good probably enough, a right tackle here. Good enough there. Probably good enough to at, at a minimum to be your right guard here. I'm, I'm guessing right tackle, but again, rubber might meet the road there. They've got some flexibility, which they love. And we've talked a lot about how, and this is something I've been hearing for almost a year now, they wanted Sam Cosme to move inside. So if you're going to pay Wiley 8 mil, and it's just such a good number for a tackle, it almost makes me think he's more of a guard, but you could kick Cosme inside, start him at right tackle, figure out the rest as you go. And then Danny Johnson, 2.75 mil guaranteed over two years. All right, fire up some NFL music for me. I want to go through all these deals that have happened outside of D.C. because there are some huge contracts being given out. Biggest story of the day. Still no clarity for Aaron Rodgers. Packers, Jets, awaiting word from the quarterback. ESPN's Rob Domovsky reported right at noon when the unofficial league year began 
that both teams were still waiting on word from Rodgers as to how he was leaning. What are you doing, man? <laughs> so holding one team hostage wasn't enough. Now you've got to get two teams in your grasp so that they can't do anything until you give them word. And it's obvious the Packers want him out. The Jets are the team that wants you. Just go there. Well, why is this complicated? He can't do anything simply. He can't just show up and eat. He's got to show up via, you know, hang glider or something. Like, he's the worst. He's so annoying. He's still so great. Hall of Famer is one of the best I've ever seen. I was going to say, not at football. He's yeah, not the worst. He's amazing at football. It's why everyone puts up with it. Jimmy Garoppolo has reunited with Josh McDaniels, according to reports. Jimmy G, three years and $67.5 million to go to the Raiders. He will be their starting quarterback, $34 million in guarantees. This, to me, feels like maybe a, a one-and-done or you know, possibly a couple-year deal. He didn't one get yeah. big-time starting money. He's entering his 10th year, played in New England and in San Francisco, and he and McDaniels have been flirting for a couple of weeks, supposedly. Well, this was just obvious it was going to happen as soon as they moved on from Carr, and it didn't take long. About an hour and a half into the window, Garoppolo's got to deal with Vegas. You get poor man's Derek Carr for poor man's Derek Carr money. It, it makes sense for everybody. I mean, you're not wed to him for a long term. Um, it's not something that I would major in, I, but I, I sort of understand. They think they they got a ready-made uh, group here with you know Devonta Adams and Waller and Jacobs back in the fold. They think they can compete out there. But what are they doing at quarterback? I don't understand right. this. I don't get what teams see in Jimmy Garoppolo. I really don't. Now, I understand that he had success in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan and that scheme aren't coming with him. The 49ers bought into this, and I wouldn't say that it necessarily worked, although he got to an NFC championship game a couple times. Super Bowl once, but I would say they did that in spite of him, and Brock Purdy's success is evidence of that. And now the Raiders are jumping to get back in line with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the Eagles have lost Javon Hargrave. Hargrave, speaking of San Francisco, going out west to the 49ers, this is a massive deal. This might be the biggest story of the day to this point in terms of a player changing teams. 11 sacks last season. This guy has had three six-sack seasons at defensive tackle. Just as a, a comparison, Deron Payne's done that once. Payne got 22.5 per year. Hargrave got 21 per year. Four years, $84 million. The reason, I think, despite having a better resume than Payne, that he got a little bit less money APY, is the age. Payne's 25. Yep. Hargrave is 30. They've both been to one Pro Bowl. Hargrave's really good. For a while, he was kind of second fiddle there in town to Fletcher Cox, who got all the headlines, but people have kind of woken up and realized how good Hargrave is. By the way, San Francisco, speaking of which, they're kind of the center of the football universe uh, here, surrounding with quarterback. There's always intrigue there. They do not stop adding defensive linemen that are havoc wreakers. That's kind of their MO. They've had a rotating cast over the years, but they're right back to the well again. Nick Bosa on the outside, defensive player of the year. Eric Armstead, their first-round pick in 2015, is a beast. And then they brought in Javon Hargrave today at $21 million per year. I want, let me look up Eric Armstead's contract. Uh, he signed 5 and 85 So they're on the Washington plan, to yep. your point. That's 17 per year, not quite Allen money, but close. But at the time, top of the market probably. Yeah, but right? they already had an elite paid D tackle, and they went and got another one in Hargrave. So to Washington's credit, they're not the only team doing this. San Francisco got in line as well, which would make you feel pretty good. The Broncos signed guard Ben Powers. This is an interesting name. I had linked him to Washington. I didn't think they would sign him because I thought he's going to get too much money and they don't really play at the top of the market. For my take, though, 
Powers is the best guard available in free agency, probably. He's getting four years and $42 million to go to Denver. 28-plus mil in guarantees. Comes from the Baltimore Ravens. He started every game last season in Charm City at an 86.7 pass blocking grade. Best on the team, according to PFF. So the best guard possibly on the market has found a home. And I will say, and Washington's a part of this, adding two of these guys, if you count Wiley in, in that pool, the guard market is moving quickly. There aren't too many of these guys. Like, if if you've got one, well, let me rephrase. If you've got a couple guys that you like, you keep them. There aren't that many around at this stage. It's either, you know, the, the mid-round draft pick sort of will just find somebody to play guard. I think the game is changing to, to a degree. I mean, you look at some of these big de- defensive tackle signings and, you know, the defensive players of the year, guys like Aaron Donald, and now it's Payne and Hargrave and Cox and uh, Armstead and all these different dudes. You need somebody up the middle because that's where the strength of defenses is. You now need someone to counter that on offense. Denver wasn't done yet addressing their offensive line in front of Russell Wilson with Ben Powers at guard. They also went out and got offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey, the former San Francisco 49er, back up the Brinks truck. Beep, beep. How about five years, 87 and a half mil, 50 in guarantees for McGlinchey, the 28-year-old sixth-year player. I believe he went to Notre Dame, if memory serves. 49er for a long time, ninth overall pick in 2018, played right tackle in San Francisco. So they've got a new guard, a new tackle, and a backup quarterback for Russell Wilson. This was weird to me that this happened today at you know this quickly. But Jarrett Stidham, who had a big game for the Raiders as a starter after they benched Derek Carr, uh-huh. the former Patriot draft pick out of Auburn, he signed with the Broncos at two years and ten million. Five per year as a backup. I guess he just wanted to work for Sean Payton. Yeah, I, don't I was going to say, did they ever crossover with Payton or, or Joe Lombardi or any of the guys that are there? I, not I, that I'm aware of. Yeah, that was that was strange that there was a lot of urgency to get that Stidham thing handled. Got to get Stidham locked up behind Russell Wilson. Uh, one other note from the AFC West: the Chargers have a developing problem on their hands. Austin Eckler, their superstar running back, who's led the NFL in touchdowns each of the last two seasons has requested permission to talk to teams about a trade. If Austin Eckler really starts to rattle his saber and and demands a trade, that could completely change the complexion of an offense. It's kind of built around him. Very horizontal passing game. Throw to him out of the backfield a lot. He's very, very good as a ball carrier as well. But you don't lead the NFL in rushing year over year for multiple seasons in a row on accident. He's invaluable. they got to find a way to keep him happy. Apparently, contract talks broke down with Austin Eckler. I get, yeah, they're they're playing hard line, looking at running backs, and his point is it's a little bit different for me. I don't have the wear and tear that some other guys do when you look back over my first you know year or a couple years uh, over the course of his career. But he, to me, is the modern-day running back, right? This is what I look for. I look for a guy that's great out of the backfield catching the football, dot, dot, dot. Then how is he as a running back in between the tackles and, and running? And he is the kind of quintessential guy as to what I'm always sort of trying to find, that scat back that – can do a little bit of everything, and he's been sensational out of the backfield. 107 receptions last year. Got some pretty big Ravens news to pass along, and the Chiefs just made a major splash as well. We'll get to that as we continue. Plus, we'll get back to home base and the Washington Commanders. Ben Standing is going to be stopping by in 20 minutes. As we've got ourselves a football Monday today, it's going to be a marathon. Huge day in the NFL, the league year unofficially underway And the money is being spent in droves. We'll get you the latest as it develops right here on Grant and Danny.
Grant and Danny on the fan. The Commanders, to their credit, didn't sit out the first few hours of player movement as they have over the last couple of off-seasons. Andrew Wiley, the starting right tackle for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, who helped to shut out that great Eagles pass rush, has already been acquired. Very likely going to start at right tackle for the Commanders. They've also added an interior offensive lineman as well, Nick Gates, who's been playing with the New York Giants, who's going to compete perhaps for a starting spot, certainly for depth chart responsibilities at center and at guard. And they have re-upped with Danny Johnson. We'll keep you abreast of everything the Commanders do. As the day goes on here on GND, Ben Standing's going to join us in about 13 minutes. A couple of other big splash stories in the NFL. People were surprised to see that the Ravens cut Calais Campbell today. This saves them $7 million against the cap. He's a future Hall of Famer, perhaps. I mean, we're getting to that area of yeah, it's been a stud. production. 36 years old, six Pro Bowls, Walter Payton Man of the Year, you know, all pro at one point in time. He had told people after the Super Bowl he planned on playing another season in Baltimore. Now they cut him. I wonder if that means if you just retire or if you go latch on elsewhere. But they're creating cap space. And I'm not necessarily sure that it's for Lamar Jackson, but it can't hurt to add $7 million when you're trying to get Jackson under contract. I was going to say, creating cap space for a competitive team is never a, a terrible thing. So I wonder if, you know, there's a what the market will be like for Clay's Campbell. You wouldn't imagine a huge long-term deal. Maybe he's, you know, fishes around a little bit, comes back to them uh, for a chance to win in a, in a competitive division for a pretty good team. I don't know, though. But, yeah, I mean, if you're at that level, you need every dollar of cap space, especially if you're talking about paying an outrageous amount for a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He had five and a half sacks this year as a 36-year-old. That blows me away, man. 14 quarterback hits, four tackles for loss. He had his best year he's had in three years. I'm with you. I wouldn't imagine maybe more than one or two teams that wants to just help their locker room, that yep. they feel like they could get them on a cheap deal and they don't have enough leadership or something and they're a championship-level team. That might be the fit. But five and a half sacks at 36 years old, he'll be playing at 37 years old this year, is not nothing. Uh, the other news is that the Chiefs, who are without now both of their tackles from this season because – their left tackle, who they didn't tag, is hitting free agency, and their right tackle just signed with Washington. Jawan Taylor, the former Jaguar, getting four years and $80 million, presumably to go be their left tackle now, $20 million per year. You know, their O-line coach under Andy Reid is a guy named Andy Heck. I believe he's actually from the Fairfax area, but he was a starting— That name forever, yeah. He was a starting guard on the 1999 Redskins that were the number two offense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Made the playoffs, beat the Lions, lost to the Bucks by a point uh, at Raymond James Stadium. So I remember the guy really, really well. I did a couple of bits with him as a young kid on working with Channel 9 where um, he actually had a decent voice. He was like singing hell to the Redskins with me. But uh, he's now their O-line coach under Andy Reid. Long story short, they have turned a couple guys into a lot better players, like Wiley, by the way, who Washington just signed. So... Juwan Taylor says, yeah, I'll go sign up to work with those guys and Patrick Mahomes. Why not? $20 million a year, by the way. Yeah, pretty pretty good setup to go to, by the way. You know, you, you'll get a lot of credit as Pat Mahomes makes magic. It's like, your pass, pass blocking is amazing. What happened? Well, this I'm, I'm blocking for Neo from the Matrix, who's dodging defenders and, you know, no-look no sidearm passes 45 yards down the field. So, yeah, I'm excellent. But, yeah, it's, it's a smart move. What do you want to see Washington do the rest of today here? Presumably, they're working the phones they're talking to agents. They've got some irons in the fire. I'm going to say that they've added one starter 
in Wiley at right tackle, and they've got some interior offensive line depth now with Schweitzer probably walking. You know, maybe you've replaced him, so to speak. Uh, Danny Johnson down the depth chart at corner. A couple of savvy moves, but what's next for you? Maybe one more starting caliber offensive lineman, like a center. Like now we know, right? Something definitive. A resolution one way or the other. Because I think one of those guard spots might be Chris Paul. Might be someone they already have internally. So you can maybe go on the cheap there. But I think you need an answer at center. I love cousin Chase Roulier, but the health question uh, has been so profound. I think if they're done in you free agency that way. You can't a center until you do something with him, I don't think. Do you? With with Chase Yeah, Roulier? he's the fifth highest paid player on the team. Yeah. well, I, I don't think, think you, you could sign a center today. Like, to me, if they were to cut Roulier today, now you know, okay, they're about to sign one. Or if they were, to, if he was to take a huge pay cut, maybe. Do you get what I'm saying? I know like, exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's it's, it's chicken or the egg. I, I think if you agree to terms with somebody here in this, you know, legalized tampering, tampering period, I think the corresponding move tomorrow is Chase Rouye gets cut. But if you don't have any irons in the fire there, maybe you don't. Maybe you got to hold on to him as an insurance policy. Maybe you try to rework the deal. So, but I I, I want that security heading into the draft where. I loved your point to t- at the top of the show. There's no dire need that we have to fill, and any pick that's not that is viewed as a disappointment, right? Like, if you come out of this draft without a center in the first round, I was going to be like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? If you've got something set that at a fallback minimum is pretty good or good enough or an upgrade from last year, I think you're now in a pretty good place. Yeah, you know, I've been doing a lot of these mock drafts, I told you. It's one of my favorite things to do this time of year, these simulators, right? And I've actually had Washington taking – tackles in the first round, you know, starting right ta- tackles who maybe in a year or two you kick over to the left side post Leno or something like that. But that is not a need if, if Wiley's your right tackle. Now, next on my list would be to, to draft the best guard in the country, and I even think I could trade back from 16 to 20, 22, something like that, and get a really high-end guard. You could even do that in the second round. But the only way that they can draft an interior lineman, in my opinion, in the first round or a tackle if they want to kick Wiley inside. That's still possible, by the way. Yeah. Like, Wiley could start at guard. They could move Cosme to another guard. They could draft a tackle. They have options with all this flexibility, versatility up front. They have a major need, in my opinion, to add cornerback talent. And corner in the first round still screams as a possibility if you don't see them interacting with corners today or or in the, the coming 72 hours, four or five days. That's right. That's something to keep in, in mind as well. Let's uh, bounce some of these things off Ben Standing of The Athletic next right here on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.